Welcome to the 22nd episode of the Spooky Stoners Podcast. I'm Lindsay. <laughs> no, you're Lindsay. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Dina. Yes, you are Dina. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on this podcast. We talk about witchy and spooky shit that we love to talk about and hopefully you love to listen to. And as the title of our podcast suggests, we do this all while smoking a little wacky tobacco. Wacky tobacco. <laughs> so buckle up, Peanut, and let's go. Peanut. <laughs> Yeah. Peanuts today? Peanut. Yeah. You know, if you say peanuts too fast, it sounds like penis. Yeah. Just FYI. <laughs> yeah. If y'all were thinking of saying peanuts really fast. I don't I, I don't try and say anything too fast because I can't do it. So like if someone's like, say watermelon five times fast, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. Oh. I used to have to do like um theater warm ups and stuff. Where you'd have to get, you'd have to talk pretty fast. Yeah. But no. I can only say those things really fast. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't say a normal sentence really fast. Yeah. I can only say those weird chants really fast. All I can say, my accomplishment, is how much wood can a wood chuck if a wood could chuck wood? <laughs> As yeah. I mistake him while I make, make yeah. mess it up. Yeah. But a woodchuck can't chuck wood. Yeah. What are even wood? Do woodchucks actually exist? Is yeah. Is that a real thing? Yeah, I think they're like a beaver. Well, wouldn't that just be a beaver? Maybe it's a different continent. Maybe. Are woodchucks real? Or have we been lied to again by the government? Maybe. I'm so mad. I'm pretty sure woodchucks do exist. But a woodchuck can't chuck wood. So why are they called woodchucks? And what are they? I think they're like a beaver. I don't think. They're part of the beaver family. They're in the beaver family. Not that I actually know, but you know. Maybe they're cryptids. (gasps) <gasps> what? Maybe they're like zombie beavers. <laughs> actually, there is some kind they of cryptid. wood at your head. <laughs> yeah, there is actually a cryptid that's like a beaver. <gasps> is it a woodchuck? No, it's probably a... Um, I, I smell an episode. It's probably a bucky. Ah, uh, buckies? <laughs> yeah. How could they do that to us? Bucky is a cryptid. That makes sense. He so only lives Texan, at gas stations. As a Texan, Bucky's. The Bucky's beavers being encrypted makes perfect sense to me. Because he's magic, for sure. Those bathrooms? Are you kidding me? I love Busy Bee. Yeah. Busy Bee's pretty cool. Yes. Do I need to be closer? I don't know. You edited last night. Oh, Do you well, need to be no, closer? I'm fine. Okay. I did edit last night. Here, we'll cut this out. Hold on. Be silent for a sec. Okay, we'll be back. Elevator music. No, we don't have to say that because it was just going to be quiet. you can like cut it right there yeah it doesn't pick up like the end of a word or the beginning of a word yeah so edit out all of this shit or i might not actually i probably am gonna have to edit it because my 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 stuff is long yeah so so we're starting now yeah let's go okay what are we talking about i'm talking about not beavers or woodchuck we can talk about coco that's what i'm talking about (laughs) Is pets versus familiars. Yeah. Because in honor of your new pet. I have a new puppy. She's so pretty. And I love her. It's supposed to be Philip's birthday gift, but I think it's going to be a family birthday gift because we all love her already. We've had her only for five hours and she is the best puppy ever. She is super sweet. 
She's she's amazing. Kuro, on the other hand, is not pleased at all. But he is doing better than I thought he would. He's like trying to give it a chance. Yeah, he's not like actively stalking her through the house trying to murder her. Or he he's not just like hiding under the bed. Like yeah. I totally thought we might have like a day or two of him just under the bed, not coming out at all because yeah. he does not like change. But like he's been, he's already been out of the room a couple times. Maybe he wanted a best friend. I'm pretty sure he did not. Oh, I love he doesn't him. even like us humans around I love him. him. Humans are the worst. I agree. I agree with his opinion there. He's not wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have a scar on my leg from him, but he's not wrong. <laughs> like humans are trash. I I fully understand his caution. Yeah. And why he's like, mm, probably go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I get it. He's but, just a mean kitty. No, he's just right. Okay. Other cats are dumb. And they're like, I'll just trust these humans. Okay. I mean, yeah. And then they're... But I feed him, and I love him, and I... Yeah, and he loves on and you. I cu- yeah. Yeah. But, like... I don't feed him. He can hit me all he wants. Oh, okay. I get it. He don't know me. And now he doesn't do that, now that I come over all the time. Yeah. And sit on the floor and get on his level and don't scare him in any way. Yeah, Coco has not learned that skill yet. Yeah. She she will just leave him alone. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I wanted to talk about is pets and familiars because there is a difference. Okay. Obviously. Because, like, I have currently seven cats. Do spirit guides, like spirit animals, get involved in this conversation they or is will. that a yes. total okay yeah. i didn't know if that's I'm, a totally I'm just different go with subject animals in general kind oh, okay. of today. pets familiars and spirit animals and because that's why coco got named coco i wanted to name her dante after the dog in coco mm-hmm. but she's a girl and i think dante is a boy yeah <laughs> so she's coco and dante is a lot to put on someone yeah because there's dante's inferno which mm-hmm. is a lot it, it was going to be a super sweet disney movie reference yeah yeah interesting so that yeah that's really deep for disney yeah we're probably reading a lot more into this they were probably just like oh i like dante's inferno yeah yeah any hoozle so you've got your pets right like mm-hmm. all all of my cats except for maggie are pets okay maggie is fully a familiar bet seems to be leaning that way mm-hmm. but the way that I distinguish it, and the way that most people distinguish it, is a familiar is an animal that is, like, very actively involved in your spirituality. Okay. Like, my... Maggie will not get on my altar at all. Mm-hmm. She won't sit up there. Because she knows that that's what it is. Bet will sit up there. But she's also very... <sighs> she's a teenager. Yeah. You know? And so she'll jump onto a regular table and knock six things down. She's never knocked a single thing off my altar. Okay. So that's why I say, to me, she's leaning towards, she might be interested. Another way to tell is, like, when you cast your circle, if the animal comes and joins you Mm -hmm. and just hangs out with you, probably leaning more towards the familiar. Hmm. Kuro joins me when I do yoga. Then probably leaning more towards the familiar. You might even ask him if he wants to join you next time you're doing, like, any kind of spell work. Mm Mm-hmm. And, because... Really, all a familiar is for, and I use air quotes there, because they're not really for anything. They choose you. You mm-hmm. don't, like, go buy a familiar at the pet store. Okay. You go get a pet, and you can invite them into your magical practice. But that's, they can say no. Okay. And they will, like, my dog, no. He does not. He's not into it. It's not his vibe. 
Neither of the dogs. Yeah. Want any part of it. But I have heard of people who have dogs as familiars mm-hmm. and who will join them in the circle and do the things. Mm-hmm. So my dogs are not down. <laughs> Got it. Were you going to say something? Nope. <laughs> I'm high. Oh, okay. You, you keep like, you got your lips pursed like you're about to go. And also. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying not to zone out. <laughs> Like, I'm like, oh, look at my pictures on the wall. And I'm like, no, we're talking about pets. We're talking about pets and dogs. And dogs. And caters. And I'm also, like, evaluating my situation with my pets. Like, I'm like, I really think Coco might be something. Because she's, has, I mean, like I said, we've only had her for, like, five hours. But she's, like, already Mm -hmm. well ingrained in the family. Like, yeah, as soon as. She just fits. Yeah, she just fits. Yeah. If it sits, it fits. Yeah. Or if it fits, it sits. Yeah. <laughs> Can't and it even gets get on that right. Giant fluffy pillow in the living room. Yep. That's what it does. She loves it. Yeah. I'm so happy. Yeah. And it's big enough that like we can cuddle on there too. She's so cute. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for you. Um So yeah, there's pets and familiars and spirit animals. And so Spirit animals are kind of like wholly different because they're not necessarily like an animal that you're own that you're gonna own. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it could just be really an- any animal that you kind of connect with, and there are meditations that you can do. There's plenty of like guided meditations on YouTube that you can pull up to connect with your spirit animal. I would say. There are probably certain aspects of that that can tiptoe on the line of cultural appropriation. Okay. So I would be wary of what sort of rituals you're using Okay. for the spirit animal. Now, you know, that's not to say if you're a dolphin girly, go get you a bunch of dolphin stuff and decorate your room. That's totally fine. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying maybe, you know, you don't carve a totem pole of dolphins for your front lawn. Got it. That's what I mean. Because there are just different things. You know, different strokes for different folks, and some of them are closed practices. Got it. So make sure you're not using those. Um, so how are some ways that you can tell if your animal is a familiar or a pet? And that's like I said, if they're joining you in your circle. Mm-hmm. Um, some other things are like when you take them for a walk, if they maybe like some dogs will pick up certain sticks and stuff like that. And you can later find out that they're good for like wands. Okay. So, you know what I mean? Like there are signs you can tell. And I think you can really tell because I've seen like animals connect with a person really deeply. Yeah. Versus just like the family dog. You know what I mean? Like, all right, I guess. So if you are in a situation where you maybe cannot have a familiar or a pet Mm -hmm. of your own, what are some things that you can do to incorporate animals into your practice? Okay. And that's kind of where you get into the spirit animal type aspect of things. And some ways to kind of connect with spirit animals are, or even just familiars, is to... You can try volunteering at your local animal shelter. Um, you can go to the zoo. You can go 
to, you can just feed the birds outside, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm trying really hard to attract a murder of crows to be my friend. <laughs> it's not working. So far, I've just got a shit ton of cardinals who come and, like, literally scream at me from yeah. the gardenia bushes. And they're like, hey, are you going to put some seeds out? And I'm like, they're not for you. You guys are really annoying, actually. Yeah. Go away, please. Yeah. It's really rude. I But, so... Now, I thought we could also do some some just animal symbolisms. Okay. So, if you're looking for a spirit animal, or perhaps you keep dreaming of certain animals, so let's just go through some. So, bears, right? Which okay. also have no right to be as cute as they are, but not snuggly. Because every time I see them, I just want to hug them, and they are not for that. I just think about the Instagram reel that's like... I want to pet the dog. Can I, can I pet that dog? That's me. Yeah. Every And I see them out living where I live. I see mm-hmm. them on the road every now and again. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like I would totally stop and put them in my car. Black eyed children? No. Yeah. But a bear? Yup. If that bear let me? Yup. <laughs> That's funny. Yup. Not a ghost, but a bear. Yup. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> For sure a bear. Anywho, if you're seeing bears in your dreams, don't put them in your car. They're still dangerous, I guess. But they could also be uh, a symbol of thoughtfulness or, like, retreat, like hibernation. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I love bears. I like to decorate for Yule with bears because I just think of them. I love hibernation. Like, mm-hmm. that whole vibe is so great for winter. And yeah. it helps me kind of reframe my seasonal depression because I'm like, no, no, I'm supposed to be quiet and, like, Snuggly still and- right now. I'm not sad. Mm-hmm. I'm just slowing down. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm going with the seasons. <laughs> I'm not depressed. I'm supposed to sleep two extra hours every day. Yeah. There's no daytime. <laughs> there isn't. So, yeah, bears are a vibe. It's the moral of that whole little spot right there. Okay, birds, Um, obviously. Crows. Movement. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I really want a murder of crows. I hear <laughs> they bring you gifts if you befriend them. Oh, yeah, I've, I've heard of that. And I would just love to see what kind of gifts they bring me out there. Well, from what I understand, it's like ribbon and buttons and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I know. I just wonder what all they'd bring me out there. Because we're out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then people are weird. Yeah. yeah. I saw you in the group chat. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I can't. I've never, ever talked to any of them. I would never. <laughs> Why not? Because it's like my house is literally one step away from the banjos. Yeah. Like, I've heard banjo music out there But I'm before. also, like, not actually in your area. I'm, like, yeah, but they'll 40 know. minutes away. They'll know that you're me. Okay. They'll know we're in cahoots. I, I didn't get the reference for a second there. And then I was like, oh, yeah. I Hocus Pocus. Have you seen the second one? No, I haven't seen the second one. What? It's on my to-do list. Are you sh- I'd rather read a book in my hammock than I watch a movie. I don't want to talk anymore today. I mean, I have to. I'll finish the episode. Like, I tried to watch a movie for the episode today, and I got, like, maybe 15 minutes in, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm not feeling this. But it's Bette Midler. I know. But I don't like- I literally named my cat after her. I know. She's so important to my life. I know. But, like, seriously, if it's longer than, like, 30 minutes to an hour, it's too much for me. But it's Bette Midler. Okay. I love her. I, I know you do. Okay. I just want you to understand. Dogs. Loyal. Yep. Loyalty and total trust, which is so true. Oh my gosh. 
Like, if dogs spoke English, I could tell my dogs that, like, I was Jesus, and they would believe me. They'd be like, sure. They completely trust me all the time. Like, uh, running with a pack, also, dogs, okay. packs. Yeah. That makes sense. makes sense. Oh, I wanted to go over this one with you. Dragons. Dragons, yeah, yeah. yeah. you had said something about dragons in the last episode. So, ancient powers, intelligence, ferocity, air, and fire magic. Hmm. And you said is that like candles? Some fire sign people. Yeah, candles are incense. Yeah, it's air and fire. I do fire all the time. Yeah, me too. Your son does fire all the time. <laughs> Gosh. I can't believe. Of course, we've all Mom, done. Mom, did you know that if you hold this in front of the heater, it won't explode? Bro, what? I walked away for three minutes. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. What are you talking about? <sighs> <sighs> Trying to burn Kids, down the yeah. house. Oh my gosh. It's okay. I did that too. I almost burnt down my, my house once. Yeah, I've done it. I had to like full on put out a fire one day. Mm-hmm. But luckily my brain, I, my brain is so funny because I, I feel like I have like two people in here. Mm-hmm. Like the normal logical one and the one who's like, ah! Yeah. And so I saw the fire. Her name we, is Anxiety. Yeah. Well, I saw the fire and my anxiety went, ah! And the neurological one was like, you know exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, you've literally, it's just a fire. You know how to put that out. <laughs> and so I did, and it was fine. And nothing was damaged, and I just wiped it up with, a, like, a wet wipe. Yeah. The gunk. And I was just, <laughs> but <laughs> I laughed at myself, because anxiety was like, ah! Yeah. The whole house is going to burn down! But no, it was absolutely fine. Yeah, I was freaking out, and I was trying to blow it out. But at the same time, like, I was like, I was so, like, wound up that I couldn't get enough breath to blow it out. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I got it. Yeah. My house did not get I just up. grabbed a lid off a pot and... Yeah, it was in my bedroom when I was a teenager. Oh, yeah, it, was in, it was in the kitchen for me, which I think is probably where most fires start. Yeah. Do not put candles in a plastic holder. What? I know. I used, like, a, it was a plastic shot glass. See, if you'd have been raised pagan, you'd have known that. I might have known that. Because uh, I would have never put a candle in a plastic holder, even at like five. Because <laughs> there was always a candle lit in my house mm-hmm. when I was little. You probably had like the correct stuff for it, too. Yeah. Like, I was like, hey, I have a candle here that needs a holder. Where can I get a holder? Hey, this shot glass, which was plastic. Oh, my goodness. You're so silly. Yeah. Like I said, house did not catch on fire. Yeah, it was fine. It's just fine. Okay, and then one more animal that I want to go over is uh, squirrels. Squirrels? I feel like everyone sees squirrels all the time. And uh, I'm actually going to miss the squirrels in my yard. No, that have squirrels in your yard. I'll still have, even though Coco's here? Oh, yeah. No, they don't care. Okay. Oh, my gosh, no. I got two dogs in the yard, and they just come when the dogs put up. Okay. Yeah, they, they don't care. You might not have. No. I can't think of anything, especially with a female dog. You're going to have everything in your yard still. Okay. Because they smell good. Yeah. To other animals. Okay. Ew. I associate them with energy. Yeah. That's not at all what they are, though. Conservation. The opposite. Ah. So, I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's all I know about animals today. Okay. Nice. Because all I can think about now is how good your lasagna smells. Oh, yeah. 
Well, we're going to take that warm and fuzzy feeling we have right now. Talking about sweet little baby pets. Cute little animals. And we're going to turn it to talking about Ted Bundy. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, so uh, today I'm talking about Ted Bundy, and holy crap, I was scared to cover this subject because everyone knows Ted Bundy. He is practically a household name. Um, I also... I think think my kid might be related to him. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yep. My my mother-in-law's maiden name is Bundy. Mm. I don't think you actually be related to... Right, which was his stepdad. So not yeah. like biologically related. Yeah, I don't think he actually had any kids. My kid is so. biologically related to Poe. Alan Edgar Allan Poe. Oh. Through me. Cool. So it- it's a good thing he's not also related to Bundy. Yeah. Because that would be like <laughs> Yeah. He's gonna kill you and write a poem about it. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. About how the guilt is eating him alive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I knew that there was going to be a lot of information to research and digest so that I could deliver this into two 30-minute episodes, or ish. So I'm sure I'm going to miss a lot. And even if I could do 10 episodes about all of Ted Bundy's victims, I probably still wouldn't be able to give them justice, just because there's so many of them. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know... I'm going to do what I can do, my best, here, uh, because the reason why I want to cover Ted Bundy is because he is connected to Pensacola, Florida. Yep. So it's a local story. Um, with that being said, let's dive right in. Ted Bundy was born November 24th, 1946, in Burlington, Vermont, which means he's a Scorpio. That explains a lot. Is he? Yeah. Isn't... 24th? Uh, am I wrong? I th- Isn't he a Sagittarius? Is it not the 23rd that it's this is on the cusp? Now I have to look. I totally looked at his birth chart. Oh, okay. Well, then, And yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a Scorpio, but now I don't want to. I always think, I think it's the 23rd or the 24th. You have the internet right here. I don't like clicking on it. Oh. What if I could beatbox? That would be so cool, but I can't. You'd be like Justin Timberlake. Oh my gosh, I would be so cool. Just like Justin Timberlake with his Dr. Scholl shoes. <laughs> I'd suck at beatboxing. Damn it. What? No, it does. It says Scorpio. But this. Wait, what? Oh, fuck. The one that I looked at was saying that, so he's a sca- uh, sca- Sagittarius Sagittarius sun, Sagittarius moon, and Leo rising. Yeah, that's bad. All of the fire. Okay. This dude is on fire. This dude is on fire. So my notes are so wrong with him being a Scorpio and a Leo sun, or moon. In Leo Rising. That's okay. Whatever. We'll just take that out. Or maybe not. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, by I, the time. Sorry. Yeah. What? I was just going to say I said a lot of silly things in there. If we want to take that out, it's fine. <laughs> uh, by the time he was a teenager living in Washington, Ted already exhibited signs of a sadistic 
serial killer. Uh, he was a antisocial and wandered the streets looking for discarded pornography or open windows through which he could spy on uninspected women. He also had an extensive juvenile record for theft that was dismissed when he was when he turned 18. Um, in 1972, Ted graduated from the University of Washington with a Bachelor of Art degree in psychology. Yep. And you know what? What? Now that um, so many people are going to therapy mm-hmm. and psychology terms are so kind of commonplace. Yeah. You see how many people can weaponize psychological oh, yeah. terms. Definitely. So, I mean... For a serial killer to have a psychology degree is, I think, more scary yeah. than them even just, like, being a phenomenal marksman. Yeah. Like, I'm not afraid of you shooting me in the head with a gun, but, like, trick me yeah. into walking into my death? And, that's so scary. And that's what he pretty much did. Yeah. Um, in the fall of 1973, Ted moved to Utah to study law at the University of Utah Law School. Though he never graduated because it was during this time he started to get the taste of being a psychopath. And let me add here, I'm not sure if psychopath is the correct term, uh, but his first victim survived, so I can't really say serial killer at this point. Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) Before we're done, he is definitely a serial killer. Anyway, his first victim was Joni Lentz. She was 18 and a student at the University of Washington. She was attacked on January 4th, 1974. But before I continue on, let me say we are talking about Ted Bundy here. He did horrible and horrific things to his victims. So here's your trigger warning. But anyway, Joni was attacked uh, January 4th, 1974. That night, she had gone to sleep in her basement room of a big house, which several young people rented together. The next afternoon, her roommates went to check on her and found her laying in her bed with her hair and face covered by dry blood. Joni had been beaten by a metal rod that had been broken from her bed frame. When they pulled the covers back, they saw that she had actually been sexually assaulted by the same metal rod. Joni never recovered from this attack physically or mentally. She was left with irreparable damage to her internal organs, and she never regained her memories of the attack due to brain damage. So I guess it's a small blessing that she doesn't remember her attack, but, like, holy shit. That was his first attack. was, like, that violent. And he wasn't even on drugs. No. Like, that's that, to me... Is like a hundred times scarier because like dealing with someone on drugs is terrifying mm-hmm. for sure. But like someone sober, yeah. Oh my gosh, because yes. what do you do? Yeah, you can't just say get sober, dude. Yeah, like that's. Ooh. Okay, keep going. There's a puppy out there, mama. Had to let the guru in. You're all right, buddy. Okay. Ted's next next victim was. Linda Ann Healy, who was a senior at the University of Washington. She was also a ski forecaster for Northwest Ski Resorts. Linda was last seen January 31st, 1974, when she went to bed. The next morning, please don't get on there. No, 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 no. But why, Mom? Come here. 
Bro. You came and sat on my lap. Yeah. He's fine. He's such an asshole. He came and sat on me. He's having a bad day, okay? He, he is having a bad day. Like, listen. But he didn't have to come in here. Yeah, but he's he having had, a day, all right? You he, let him be. He had a whole room to himself. Like, I blocked be. off. He's having a bad day. You stay right. in there. You stay in the closet. He cook a potty. <laughs> Anywho, Linda or Leanne? Linda. Linda. I keep on I keep on wanting to call her uh Lydia because it's spelled L Y N D A, but oh. it's Linda. Uh anyway, Linda was a ski forecaster for Northwest Ski Resorts. L- Linda was last seen January 31st, 1974 when she went to bed. The next morning at 3:30 a.m., Linda's alarm clock went off. At 6 a.m., Linda's roommate's clock went off. And she could still hear Linda's alarm clock. So she went into Linda's room and the bed was made, which was kind of weird because Linda normally didn't make her bed until after she got back home from work because mm-hmm. she was like waking up at 530 in the morning. And she was a college student and yeah. like had a life. Yeah. Um, other things that pointed to foul play was Linda didn't make it to work that day. Her bike was still in the basement and the door to the house was left unlocked, which Linda never did. When Linda didn't make it to dinner plans with her parents that evening, they ended up calling the police. During the police investigation, the police pulled back Linda's bed covers and found a heavily blood-stained pillowcase, a blood-soaked sheets. Her nightgown was found stuffed in her closet. The neckline was crusted with dry blood. Her clothes that she wore that day before she went missing was also missing. Not one trace of the attacker or her body could be found. A year... Okay. A year later, I just... I meant to exit some of this information out to put into my next episode, but anyway. (laughs) Okay. A year later, during a thorough investigation of what came to be known as Ted Bundy's graveyard, Linda's skull was found, bearing the unmistakable marks of a vicious battering. Ted Bundy's graveyard was located on Taylor Mountain, Washington. So that's two. Hmm. I didn't know he had a graveyard. I never heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's gross. But like he also had it like at other places too. Like so it wasn't like a designated place. It's just where they found a lot of the skulls. I wonder if it's haunted. Hmm. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. I bet he learned on. This is so. I. I feel like a bad person discussing this. But I bet he learned on the first girl, right? Mm-hmm. You should kill them where you're going to bury them. Because <laughs> yeah. otherwise you have to carry dead weight. Yeah. So I'm wondering if, like, his little graveyards are haunted. Because that's probably the site of the murders. I don't think so. Right, because all of her shit was at her house. Why would you murder her and take all of her stuff back to her house? Yeah. So I think he murdered her there. But, like, that's... Well, he didn't learn the lesson because he... I mean, he... Did murder yeah. people? I in guess he's murdering little bitty girls. Yeah, he tough is man. That that is actually his like mo was like pretty young petite girls. Yeah, because they were like around like one hundred and twenty pounds, five two. Yeah, there was like one that was like six feet, I think, but like that was abnormal yeah. for that to happen because they're heavy. Yeah. So the next victim was Donna Gail Mans- Manson Mason Manson. 
who was 19 years old. She was last seen leaving her room around 7 p.m. on March 12, 1974. She was on her way to a campus jazz concert at Evergreen State College near Olympia, Washington. I've been there. Um, and her, re- her remains were part of uh, those identified on Taylor Mountain. Wow, you know what? I've been everywhere that, that uh, Ted Bundy's been. Yeah. No, I haven't been to Utah. Never mind. Yep, that's one of I've his I've been to locations. Colorado, which is close, but not Utah. Yeah. Uh, well, Colorado's one of them. I would think Utah would have been right up his alley. He could marry like seven women. Yeah. And just beat on them for the rest of his life. Well, that was But he can't kill them. That's not fun. Yeah. It's less fun. That's, that's the issue, as I think. It's less that... fun if you got to keep them alive. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, then Ted crossed the state line into Oregon because his next victim was Roberta Catherine Parks, who was 20 years old. She disappeared on May 6, 1974, from Oregon State University in Corvallis, Oregon. Her body was found on March 3, 1974, on Taylor Mountain with all the other ones. Ted then goes back to Washington to murder Suzanne Elaine Rancroft, who was 19 years old. She was seen leaving an advisor's meeting where she was interviewing for a job at a dorm as a dorm advisor. Uh, this was at 9 p.m. on April 17th, 1974. This meeting was held on Central Central Washington State campus, college campus, in Ellensburg. Investigators found only her skull as they excavated Taylor Mountain. What do you think he did with all the other bombs? I, I will discuss that later. Okay. Next was Brenda Baker, 15 years old. She ran away from home in Redmond, Washington on May 25th, 1974. Her body was found decomposed in Mayersvania Park on June 17th, 1974. Mayersvania Park is in Olympia, Washington. Okay. So he didn't, like, drop everyone at this Taylor Mountain. Place. Yeah. The next victim is Brenda Carol Ball, who was 22 years old. She was last seen at the Flame Tavern parking lot in Burren, Burren, Washington, on June 1st, 1974, at 2 a.m. She was said to be talking with to a man with his arm in a sling. Her skull was one of the first skulls discovered on Taylor Mountain. His arm was in a sling. Mm-hmm. Why? Big, tough man get beat up by one of the, the little bitty girls he gets picking on? See, no. that's my problem. If I ever got kidnapped by a serial killer, I'd be like, <laughs> I'm not, like, that hard to kill, my guy. Yeah. Like, you're not proving anything. <laughs> no, actually, the sling, it was his M.O. Like, basically, what he would do oh. is he would have his leg in a cast, his arm in a cast, his arm in a leg, and he'd be like, Hey, can you like help me like put my books in this car or can you help me get a boat on this, you know, Volkswagen that he had? And then he would hit them in the head with a crowbar or whatever was nearby, get them in the car, and then he would drive them off and strangle them and then rape them and do all the horrible things. And men really do like genuinely ask us, like, what are you so afraid of? Yeah. Like, bro, you guys are crazy. Yeah. Like, I understand not all men, but you have to understand that you look like him. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, like, Ted Bundy was handsome. Like, I was watching videos. I mean, Ted, um, Zac Efron played him. I know. I did watch that movie, and I was like, I mean, Zac Efron. Yeah. If Zac Efron was like, hey, Dina, 
will you come over here? I'd be like, I mean, yeah, yeah. I have to. Well, like, and this was like the 70s. Yeah. So, like, how else is a guy going to flirt with you? Yeah. It's not like we had online dating or whatever. Be like, hey, can you help me? And, like, the girl's like, oh, hey, this cute boy is talking to me. Blech. And he was very well spoken and he had a psychology degree. So he knew how to, mm-hmm. like, yeah. So basically, that's how he did it. And uh, so, yeah, his, his arm was in a sling. And that's what, that's what ended up doing it. Um, that, I mean, as I was like reading these stories, I was just like, it could have been me. Like, when I was a teenager, I was 120 pounds. My hair was brown, which was one of his favorite. He did do, he did, you know, also kidnap blondes and other things. But, like, I was 125, too. Yeah. Like, and I would have totally, hands down, have tried to help someone. Because that's my personality. I'm a helper. I want to help. Like, and, and not only that, but, like, if a guy was like, hey, can you help me pull these, put these books in this car? It's going to take me probably, like, two seconds to do compared to, like, him trying to put it in. The but- only problem that I have with this, with all of this, and I, I guess it was in the 70s, but even still in the 70s, where were their girls? Where were their friends? Why is she walking in a parking lot by herself? I would never be in a position alone where a man in a sling would say, hey, you by yourself there. Mm-hmm. Could you help me put my books in the car? It would be me and two or three other women. Yeah. Like, I, where are their girls? Well, I was a loner, so. Right. But here, here's one that is a great example about how well he did this. Yeah. So, and this one really got me. Uh, her name was Georgianne Hawkins. And she was 18 years old. She was last seen leaving her boyfriend's house on June 11th, 1974 at 1 a.m. This was located on the University of Washington in Seattle, Washington. Uh, the reason this one hits me hard is because Georgiana was only walking 40 feet in a brightly lit alley to reach her sorority house. But she never made it. 40 feet. Oh, my gosh. And And this was like a college town. It was... Uh, semi uh, vinyl time. Yeah. So like there was people awake and like moving around the campus and nobody saw or heard anything. No one saw or heard anything. Well, man, I bet her boyfriend felt like shit. Yeah. He should have walked her to the sorority. I like, yeah, I, but even still though, I mean, I have a son and if he was like, well, I mean, I let her, it's 40 feet. I let her walk home. I would be like, well, yeah, next time you should probably walk her buddy. But you know what I mean? Like, I would understand that, too. Thinking, like, gosh, oh, it's 40 feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How much trouble could she well, get into? Yeah, well, the house mom, I read a, I read an article that said the house mom woke up, but she wasn't sure what woke her up. Mm-hmm. But after all this happened, she was like, I might have woke up to the scream. Yeah. But also, her boyfriend was 40 feet. He should have heard the yeah, scream, Yeah, he should have. He didn't hear her? So I don't, I don't know. He didn't walk her to the door? Like, what? I don't Did know. he get in the shower? And she left. Maybe they were fighting. I don't know. But yeah. Oh my God. I bet he felt like shit. Yeah. He probably never got over that. Poor guy. But anyway, she was. Like Kyle. Yeah. Like Kyle. (laughs) Poor Kyle. Poor Kyle and the Jetta. So um, her body was found, um, her remains. So Mm -hmm. who knows how much of that was left. Right. Uh, Was found on September 6th. 1974, nearly two miles from Lake 
I'm going to mispronounce this because I heard it pronounced like a lot of times today. It's Sam Mamish. No, I think I said that right. Sam Amish. Anyway, State Park. Ted continued his uh, killing spree with a double hitter. Janice Ott was 23 years old and Denise Nasland was 18 years old. They were both taken at two different times in Sammamish State Park. Witnesses said that Janice was last seen helping a friendly man in a cast. Denise was last seen walking off to the bathroom during a picnic with friends. Both the remains were found September 6th in a wooded area two miles from the park. Um, And this one is actually kind of a turning point for Mm -hmm. this whole case is because there was a ton of people at the state park. Right. One girl was actually laying next to Janice and Ted actually asked her first, Hey, I have a boat that I need to help. I need help loading onto my car. Can you help me? And she's like, "Mm, I I don't think so. I don't think I can help you with that. And then Janice got up and she's like, I can help you. Huh? Nope. But not only that, but this girl who was on the rug, who was like our, on the rug, on the <laughs> oh my gosh, on the towel, she said she had a description of him, and she said he introduced himself as Ted. Oh, not only that, but there was tons of people around, and people were seeing the Volkswagen that he was driving. Yeah, and so they had. Ted's description, his name, and his vehicle. Mm-hmm. And so they were asking people, hey, if on October, what day? No, June, wait, no, 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 what day? Did I not put the date? Oh my gosh, I didn't. So sometime between June 11th and October 2nd. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't put the date. I have it somewhere. I had to like do like a whole, like what what's it called? Um, timeline. Timeline to try and figure this out because I was super confused. Um, and even like one of the people on my list that they're like, oh yeah, they were a Ted Bundy victim. I w- I was like looking and I was like, this was like in seventy five. This was when he was in jail. Yeah. I don't think he killed her. Maybe he did it with his mind. But anyway, the investigators who were kind of figuring out what was going on with this murder, serial killer scenario. Because yeah. this is like a lot of girls that have gone missing in a very short period of time. Yeah. Um, they asked people if they were at the park that day, that if they have any pictures, any videos, any anything to bring it to the cop station so that they can look at. And they were able to find photos of the beetle. Ooh. However... It did not have a license plate on it. Ugh. So they weren't able to track it down. But they did put it out in the news. And Ted, he has he has a girlfriend at this time. He has a job. He has coworkers. Yeah. And his office mates were joking around. They're like, hey, you're Ted. You kind of look like this picture. You drive a Volkswagen. And Ted was able to talk himself out of that situation. Yeah, I can't he even was, like how. He was like. No, like, do you know how many Ted's probably have Volkswagens? And everyone, he was so nice and so Mr. Popular that 
everyone was like, yeah, that that's ridiculous. Of course you didn't kill anyone. Mm-mm-mm. Like, even his girlfriend. Oh, like, yeah, no, I saw the Zac Efron movie. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I watched, like, that's the one that I watched today. Yeah, and I, watched, I liked that one because it watched, was mostly from her point of view. Yeah, I watched it for 15 minutes, and I was like, I can't because I'm liking Ted Bundy way too much watching this. Yeah. It, it was... It was crazy. I watched documentaries and I'm like watching him and I was like, no wonder why these girls fell for it. They yeah. were just like, this hot guy is talking to me. Gosh, aren't it he makes a- you real glad to not be in your 20s, doesn't it? Yeah. Because like I definitely, I just can't imagine a situation where I'd be alone though. Girl, can we go back to Drunk Dina? Oh yeah, no, but Drunk Dina, my girls were with me. And then, they weren't with you when you went to a guy's house. Right, no, but they'd, like, sign off on the guy. Mm, but that's the thing. They'd meet Ted, him. Yeah, I guess, yeah. He was so nice that right. your girlfriends probably would have signed off. Would have been like, yeah, he's so really hot. I could have gotten murdered. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I definitely could have gotten murdered. I woke up in, like, abandoned houses and shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, was- that's why I was like, don't you tell me that you would not end up being murdered. Yeah. But now, I absolutely would not. No. If some guy was like, hey, can you help me load my boat? I'd be like, no. Do I look like someone who can help you load a boat? Yeah. I can help you pronounce a large word. (laughs) But that's all I got for you, buddy. Like, (laughs) no. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So to continue on this murder train, Ted then tracks over to Utah, where he murders Nancy Wilcox, who was 16 years old. She disappeared on October 2nd, 1974, from Holiday, Salt Lake City County, Utah. Her body was never found. Okay, so I'm going to totally miss that stuff. Okay, uh, the next victim was Melissa Smith. Uh, she was 17 years old. She disappeared on October 18th, 1974 in Minville, Utah. Her body was found um, on October 27th, 1974 near Summit Park in Washita, Washash <laughs> Mountains. Um, Laura Aim was 17 years old. She disappeared October 31st, 1974 in Leah, Utah. Her body was found on November 27th near a river bank in Wishaw Mountains. So he dropped probably two bodies off in that mm-hmm. area. That That is something that he is doing is he is kind of putting them in the same area. So like he had Taylor Mountain. He had whatever that park was. Um, Mm, yeah, I don't remember the name. Mm-hmm. But, like, so he's dropping them off where he knows that they're, it's a very secluded area. Yeah. Finally, Ted messes up. <laughs> and we have a survivor. Carol DeRanche was 18 years old. The attack happened on November 8th, 1974 in Salt Lake City, Utah. Carol was at the mall when Ted walked up to her and asked her if she had a Camaro outside of Sears. When she said yes, he asked for her ID, and once she showed it to him, he told her about. Uh, he told her that someone had tried to break into her car, and she needed to follow him. He had an authoritative air to him, so she assumed that he was like a security guard or an officer. And it wasn't until they started, they started walking into the parking lot that she asked for his ID. He just laughed, which made her kind of feel stupid, and so she didn't push the issue when she got in when she got to her car nothing was missing and ted told her that she needed that he needed to take her to the station to file a report 
She got in the car, which is a Volkswagen, and she felt kind of weird about the situation. Yeah. When she asked, when he, when he asked her to buckle up, she said no. And she was about to jump out of the car when Ted hits the gas. He was going too fast for her to jump out. She really started to worry when Ted started to drive in the opposite direction of the police station. Suddenly, he screeched to to a halt and tried to handcuff her. And during the struggle, she was able to jump out of the car. Nice. He followed her with a crowbar and pinned her to the car, and she was able to get away again. And luckily for her, there was an older couple that picked her up and took her to the police station before Ted could catch up with her. Nice. So, yay. We have a survivor. There's two. Oh, my goodness gracious. And this was like another situation where the cops were able to put two and two together. Because mm-hmm. then he, they were able to find out the M.O. Yeah. He gets the girls close to his car and then kidnaps them. Right. And then uses a crowbar or tries to use a crowbar in her situation. Yeah. So now. Fails. So now they have his name, his face, his vehicle. Mm-hmm. And how he is kidnapping all these girls so fast. Yeah. Um, though, even though. What was her name? Nancy? Nancy. No. Carol. So even though Carol was lucky. Debbie Kent was not. She was 17 years old, and she disappeared on the same evening that Carol almost got kidnapped, or did get kidnapped. It was successfully kidnapped. Yeah, she fully got kidnapped. But she did not die. Yeah. So anyway, Debbie Kent was not um, as lucky, and she got kidnapped in Bountiful, Beautiful, Bountiful, anyway, Utah. And I guess Ted wasn't going to let one misstep stop him from his fun. And same as Nancy earlier, her body was never found. Mm-hmm. That was really rough for some reason. Anyway, and I'll add a little bit more to this. So Debbie was actually walking out of a high school and she was um, going to go pick up her brother from an ice skating ring. Mm-hmm. And he caught her before she could get to her vehicle. Oh my goodness gracious. And her poor brother stayed at the skating ring until like midnight oh my god because she left like a play early yeah to go pick up her brother so that her parents could stay at the play oh poor buddy yeah yeah it's just a bad situation have you ever been left at school yeah it's really scary and sad it is very and and this is the 70s you didn't have cell phones yeah oh my gosh i got left at school in the 90s a couple times because my grandma fell asleep you told me that. Yeah. And, you know, if the first time it happens, it's terrifying. And then the next time you're like, G-Unit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Why are you sleeping? You're literally, she used to be a bus driver. Like, this was literally her job back yeah. in the day. <laughs> so, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, after Debbie, Ted moves back over to Colorado where he finds Karen Campbell, uh, who was 23 years old. She disappeared January 12th, 1976. That is not correct. I misdid that. 1975. Okay. Um, at the Wood, 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 Wood Inn, Aspen, Colorado, 
Her body was found in a snowbank on Oak Creek Road, Aspen, Colorado, on February 18th, 1975. And um, she basically, the last time she was seen was going up in an elevator to her room. Mm-hmm. And, and she was with, like, her fiancé, I think. Not in the elevator. Yeah. She had to go up to the elevator to grab something, and he stayed downstairs. Uh-huh. Which you would think, hotel should be relatively safe. Yeah. But no, Ted got to her sometime before she got back to the room. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, next victim is Julie Cunningham. Uh, she was 26 years old. She disappeared April 6, 1975 on... Grand Junction, Colorado, at Grand Junction, Colorado. Her body was never covered. I saw this um, TikTok or Instagram or whatever that was like, I've, I've dipped one of these grapes in arsenic, and I'm going to put it here in this whole bowl of grapes. And this is what we're saying when, this is how we feel when you say not all men. Yeah. Is it's like, yeah. 50 of those grapes are just fine, but one of them will kill you. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and one of them won't just kill you. It'll kill you and 40 other freaking women. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, we have to be legitimately concerned. Yeah. Like, we have genuine reason. And the thing is, like, after the first couple, girls started being more cautious. Yeah. But he was still able. Yeah. To, like, figure how to get them separated, I guess, from the other girls or something, or yeah. just wait his time. Like, cause it only takes like one, it only takes 40 feet. A girl messing up being like, Oh, it's only 40 feet. Oh, it's only this. Oh, it's just a cute guy. Like, I will say too, though, what's nice about now versus in the seventies. Now some guy gives a woman the ick mm-hmm. and she'll scream. Yeah. She'll scream at the top of her lungs. There will not be no, oh, I might have woken up because she was screaming. Yeah. It'll be no. We heard loud, bloody murder screams. Yeah. Because we're not trying to be polite anymore. Yeah. If you're creeping us out, you're creeping us out and you're going to know it. Yeah. Well, and, and the, it was just really hard because he was crossing state lines. Mm-hmm. One city, like Washington, right when they were starting to like gain momentum, yeah. he moved. Right. And then went to a different state i'm surprised he's still using the same car in the other state though that seems really risky yeah he is what a dummy they weren't communicating it wasn't like now where you can put it in a database and find all the information you needed yeah so our next victim we're coming close to an end now melanie cooley was 18 years old she disappeared on april 15 1975 in netherland Nederland, colorado anyway uh, her body was found April 23rd, 1975, on Coral Creek Road in Netter, Nederland, Colorado. Uh, Ted takes another quick trip to Utah and finds Sue Curtis, who, uh, who was 15. She disappeared on June 28th, 1975, in Layton, Utah. Her body was never found. Oh he then hops back over to Colorado because now he's just. Jump in that state line like it's no one's business. Yeah. And he kills Shelly Robertson, who was uh, 24 years old. She disappeared on July 1st, 1975 in Gordon, Colorado. Her body was found August 21st, 1975 in a mine in Burt Horde Pass, Colorado. In a mine? 
Yep, in a mine. Then Ted runs back over to Utah to complete his killing spree with Nancy Bird, who was 23 years old um, when she disappeared on July 4th, 1975 in Layton, Utah, and her body was never found. Ugh. I hate it. Yeah. So on August 16th, 1975, a Utah Highway Patrol trooper spotted Ted's Volkswagen Beetle parked in front of a house he knew two young women lived in. Ooh. Ted fled the scene, but was eventually pulled over. He was arrested for evading an officer and having possession of burglary tools. The tools that he had was handcuffs, a ski mask, pantyhose, um, and a ice pick. Oh my gosh. Um, that it's is scary because we know he was not there to burgle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that is where I'm going to leave this episode. Sorry, I just had to do a ton of just listing names because it, I, I, I wanted to make sure they all got listed. Yeah. Um, though I did, I did see somewhere that there was other victims in Idaho, but the list that I was going off of didn't have them. Okay. So I don't know where that's coming from. Um, but he ended up, I think, confessing to like 30, 35. And I just did like 22, I think. Yeah. So just the fact that, and also one of the documentaries that I was watching, they were saying that there was five serial killers at this one time. Oh, like five other serial killers too. Yeah, he was one of five. Yeah, because um, way to jump on the bandwagon, my guy. Yeah, like psh, you're not even original. Yeah, pretty much. Um, ba, 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 ba. yeah. Um, so let's clear our palate so that you can have a better day after you, you know, yeah, all I know. heard I'm, that. Like, full of this just like as as the president of the He Woman Man Haters Club. Mm-hmm. This really does not. Help me feel any better about men. No. At no. all. It, I'm still very anti-man. Yeah. At this moment. Yeah. So, I mean, so here's some jokes. Let, let's let's move on. Right, yeah. Tell me a joke. Let's clear the air here. All right. Why is a roach clip called a roach clip? Why? Because potholder was already taken. Ah. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> what happens when you eat marijuana? You get high. You get a pot belly. <laughs> Instead of a beer belly, it's a pot belly. Yeah. Oh my gosh, my munchies gave me a pot belly. Yeah, that definitely will happen. That's what's happened. It's it gets a really pot belly. It gets really messed up too when you're like, I am so hungry for everything, but nothing is cra- like tapping that craving that I have. Yeah, I always because I'm in my 30s now. I always make myself drink a glass of water when that happens. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, well, body, you're probably thirsty. Ah, uh, yeah. I know. Being an adult is so dumb. Yeah. But how do fish get stoned? How? Seaweed. Ah. Here's a non-weed joke. How, okay. What did the egg say to the boiling water? What? It might take me a while to get hard because I just got laid. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. I was going to say something along those. You make me so hard. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Uh, what do you call a person who remembers everything about Woodstock? Stoner. A liar. 
<laughs> That's a good one. No too. one remembers everything. You lying ass. That's funny. Okay. What do you call wait, what do you call it when a blunt burns your shirt? What? A pothole. Uh. <laughs> so hopefully that will make you chuckle a little bit. That did make me feel a little better. And I'm glad you included jokes at the end of that. That was good oh. because I was a little bit like, you know who can fuck off? Everyone with a penis. Yeah. It was really hard because I was just like, this 40 feet. 40 feet. Oh, my God. Anyway, we're not going back there. <sighs> yeah. Okay. But anyway, I will continue t- telling horrible things about Ted Bundy next Monday. So I need to uh, shield my aura. Yeah. Before I come over. <laughs> Bring so some hematite. I don't know how I can shield my aura against hating men, though, because I really just do. But it's also, it's really frustrating because I'm attracted to them physically. Well, yeah. And it's like, this is not working for me. Yeah. You just need a little Ruby Rose in your life. No. No? Not no. even her? No. She I rem- looks too much like a guy. Yeah. <laughs> And then I, I just remember everyone being like, am I gay? Oh, no. I mean, when I first saw her, I was a little bit like, hold on. Hold on now. Maybe college I was wrong. Maybe I was wrong. And then she, like, looked. like, she, And I think she, maybe there was some interview, too, that she said something really, like, dude-ish. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, you're a dude. You're just a bro. Like, ah, gross. Yeah. It'd be cool if she was like, I don't know. She's fine as a person, just not someone I'd want to date. <laughs> yeah. Too much yeah. like a bro. Yeah. I don't want to date a bro. I don't want to date anyone. Anyhoozle, thank you for listening to our podcast. We well, release then. a new one every Monday. So hit that dispensary and meet us back here next week for more spooky and witchy shit. If you give me something to read, I'm going to read it. In the meantime, check out our Instagram, the Spooky Stoners podcast. That is stoners with three Zs. If you would like to contact us about your personal true crime or paranormal story, or or your stoner jokes, if you have those, we'll take those too. Or if there's a subject you would like us to cover, you can email us at the spooky stoners podcast at gmail.com. Again, that is stoners with three Z's. So we will see you next Monday. And in the meantime, smoke on spooky stoners.